Hello everyone, and welcome back to Inside Art Scroll. Today we are joined by two special guests, Shimon and Ruben Kolyakov, the founders of TorahAnytime.com. Thank you, Shimon. Thank you, Ruben. And it's an honor to have you here. And I want to start off by asking you about your tour that you just received of the Art Scroll Bindery. You got to see behind the scenes here at Art Scroll headquarters. What's your initial reaction? Uh, first of all, thank you for inviting us over here. It's a tremendous, tremendous zuchut to be here uh, and to see what's going on over here. Uh, I'll say what I, what I mentioned to you in, in, inside the, that whole operations. I will never look at an art scroll book the same way again. Uh, we, I was blown away with everything that's involved, every detail, uh, and the whole process. Uh, it was just something I've never experienced before. Uh, so amazing. Baruch Hashem, it was such... such detailed organization. I've really never seen something so meticulous about every small every small thing and I didn't realize how much goes into it. Uh, to make it, and you see it in the bookstore, you're like, ah, oh, an art scroll book, you know, Baruch Hashem, but to see it, like Shimon said, you're definitely going to see it differently now. Now both of you mentioned when we first met and we're catching up a little, that people comment to you that what you've done with TorahAnytime.com is kind of doing what art scroll did in print both of you are doing online. Would you say that that's an accurate depiction of what you've accomplished? A very common statement that we've gotten for the past 10 years is you guys are the next, you guys are like the next art scroll revolution. It, what they did, like you just said, what they did in print, you guys are doing with, with video, video and, and Shirim. I think that's one of the greatest compliments an organization could get because art scroll is, is like the leader and, and it made such, it truly is the right word, the revolution in the Jewish world, and just to be put into that category, it's, it's unbelievable. I, you know, I don't really have words to describe how, thank you Hashem for giving us such a zuchut to, to be part of this. Yeah, and again, Art Scroll is a, is a standard. Like, you know, people, right. they know you're on a certain, you know, madrega. Once you hear Art Scroll, if you're involved with Art Scroll, or, or whatever it is, for the past decades, uh, really, really set a standard. And Mizrat uh, Hashem, uh, we were trying to also kind of set a standard in terms of Torah and technology and, mm -hmm. and it's just been amazing for the past 14 years. I'd love to get into the details, which we will, the numbers and just the broad reach of Torah anytime, but tell us who don't know your background, where you grew up and growing up, did you ever envision or dream that you would be spearheading such a project reaching literally tens, hundreds of thousands of people all over the globe. So we're from the Bukharian community. Um, I immigrated to this country when I was three years old from, from? a country called Uzbekistan, okay. from a city called Tashkent. And, um, and uh, we didn't know much about Judaism or were, what are meant to be a, a Torah Jew. There were some traditions, but nothing uh, more than that. And um, we both went to public school. Um, so Ruben was born here. He was right? born, yeah, he was okay. born here, yeah. I'm six years older than him. Uh, we, came, we emigrated in 1979. So we went to public school. Where was that, in New York? This is in Queens. In Queens. Yeah, yeah, PS 201. And, um, and in the, I remember in the third grade, there was this incredible organization that still exists today, a Queens JEP, Jewish Education Program, that found, looked for Jewish kids in public school and pulled them out once a week for one hour. It was on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Wow. And I remember um, hearing about this uh, and somehow they got in touch with my parents and they told me about it and I remember being so excited about it. 
learning about uh, Jewish things. And, I, and, I, and, and it turned into a situation where I was looking forward all week for this, for this uh, Jewish education program. It was the greatest hour of my, of my week, I remember. And going over a, a year of doing this, in the middle, in December of my fourth grade, they finally convinced my parents to send me to a, a yeshiva. Uh, it was a Kiruv yeshiva called Yeshiva Institute at the time. Now it's called Yeshiva Primary, still run by Rabbi Zalman Deutscher. It's a yeshiva designed for public school kids. And, um, and I remember when my parents asked me, uh, my mom asked me, do you want to go? Uh, and I was just like, yes. Like, uh, so, you know, like I was like 10 years old or something. I was like, What yes. was the level, level of religiosity at home at the time? Did you have sha no, 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 no Shabbos, no Kashrut, no, no, nothing at all? No, we know about those things. Well. We knew the concept Shabbos. Right. We knew uh, Shabbat, but what it meant to be Shabbat, Kiddush, or... Nothing at all. And uh, so I, I, I went to, in December of that year. I was in my fourth grade. I was around 10 years old. And uh, I just fell in love and with, 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 with it. Uh, and the next four years I was there. Now, even though I was there, I still wasn't really holding anywhere mm -hmm. because I was 10 years old, whatever it was. And uh, also some of the things I brought home, my parents didn't really appreciate. Right. You know, like, uh, we, this is not how we do things. This is not, you know, you know whatever it was. Uh, and... Um, but I got those four, I went four years over there, and it was, they gave me a lot of education. Planted seeds. They planted mm -hmm. seeds. Oh, sure. And then I, then Rabbi Zalman Deutscher was trying to get me into a high school, but I didn't want to hear it for some crazy reason. I decided to go back to public school for high school. But, and, he, and Rabbi Deutscher, God bless him, he tried everything possible. He, uh, he, we hung up on him, he knocked on doors, just, just go to yeshiva, but I, I made my decision. But something very interesting happened in high school. Those seeds, like my brother just mentioned, that were planted. And at that, at that year, was the early 90s, there was a mass immigration of Bukharian Jews coming into the United States. We came in when there, there was a little bit. About but, 13 years before. 13 years mm -hmm. before, but mass immigration, 91, 92, 93. Mm -hmm. And what was, knew, that, what was that caused by? Uh, the end of communism. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. Right. right. Once the fall of the Iron Curtain, <clears throat> it was much easier for people to leave. Right. And in the high school I was in, Forest Hills High School, there were thousands of these Bukharian kids were there. And, and, they, and we met, and they looked up to me because I was here for so many years, like, right. oh, an American guy, you know. <laughs> and you, you spoke the language yeah, well. Sure. I knew a little bit of the culture, right. whatever it was. Right. And I found my, and they, and they knew a lot less than me about the Judaism. I had the concepts, because four years I went to this Kiruv Yeshiva. Right. And I found myself uh, doing something interesting without even realizing. I was like, I was being, doing Kiruv with them. In Forest Hills High School, uh, you public know, school. public school. Wow. Uh, and I myself wasn't really holding anywhere yet. Right. So, to uh, make a long story short, there were other uh, people in the community in Forest Hills that were doing Kirov. And one day I was walking and someone from the street pulled me and says, uh, would you like to listen to a lecture in the synagogue? It was Beit Gavriel. I don't know if it was Beit Gavriel at the time, but it was that building. And uh, we're giving free pizza. I'm like, free pizza? Okay, I'm in. <laughs> so I went in there. There was a speaker. It was, I don't know exactly who it was. Maybe it was Rabbi Leibel Lamb or Rabbi Mordechai Becher, one of these famous gateway speakers. I went in there, and I was in love with what was said. And they said, would you like to come again next week? I'm like, yeah, for sure. We have Chinese food. Okay, great, for sure now. <laughs> Long story short, after going to these lectures for all those years, and at the same time interacting with all these 
immigrants from my community and, and kind of McCarver them a little bit, I saw the impact that these lectures over the months was having on me and the change it was having on me and, and, the, and, and what it was doing to the changes of my life. I was actually becoming more observant. Mm -hmm. And actually, my brother was, was the first person that I was working on as much. Because my parents, didn't, like I said, didn't appreciate what I was bringing home from yeshiva. Right. That's actually why they actually helped help push me to back to public How school. many siblings were you? Just us two of us. Just you, just you two. So just they said, two. my parents said, we're going to keep Ruben away from yeshiva. We don't want him to <laughs> this fanatic stuff now. It's a very happy ending, don't worry. <laughs> okay. My parents are amazing people, very happy ending. But, uh, but they're going to keep him away. But they couldn't keep it away because I knew this is the way of life. I knew this is something right about this, about Judaism. And Baruch Hashem, he was all in. Not a, a single day in any type of a yeshiva. And it got to the point where in our community, I was already you know, 18, 19, that there was a group of us, these teenagers, that all the parents was working on Shabbat. We wanted to keep Shabbat. Well. So we all got together. So you graduated public school. I graduated public school, continued going to these lectures, going to more lectures, going to more lectures. It was literally these lectures were changing my life. While going to college also. While going well, to college. Right. And it came to the point where we got a group of 10, 15 guys, maybe even more, that we wanted to keep Shabbat. But none of our parents were keeping Shabbat. They were all going to work. So we made our own Shabbat. We got together at one time in this person's house, one person at that person's house. We made what we needed to make. We prepared as much as we can, as much as we knew. We went to the synagogue. We heard the rabbi speak. It was a, Beit Gavriel was just beginning at the time. There was Kirov speakers, Rabbi Israel Yitzchakov from the Beit Gavriel Youth Minion. It was all just the beginning of it all. And, um, and it kept going and kept going. And this and is it, what, the late 90s now we're looking this at? This is the early 2000s already. <clears throat> early 2000s. Early 2000s. So and you're about 20, in your mid-20s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were 18, 19 years old? Early, so. Yeah, early 20s, late oh, teens. Okay. And it came to the point where these shirim, these lectures of these speakers, had, it, it came, the impact was so great that I said, I have to capture this. Hashem just gave me the idea, you, you have to capture this. So it started with audio lectures, and then it quickly went to video after my parents bought, got, uh, when I got married at 24, they bought me a camera. For the family use, I said, I'm going to use this camera for lectures, mini, little mini DV uh, discs. And I started to record and record. Now, I didn't know what to do with these recordings. Uh, internet uh, wasn't so, I wasn't so technical, but I was recording. And it came to the point, people used to come up to me, what are you going to do with them? I'm, like, I'm not sure yet, but I just know I have to capture it. So I'm like, while you're thinking about it, do you mind making me a copy? My wife couldn't make it to the lecture, or I want to mm -hmm. watch it again. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, great idea. So I got this DVD maker. I put the file onto a DVD, made copies of DVDs, and started giving them out. And, and often, I, at least, I don't know, a handful of times, uh, people came up to me, why don't you put it on the internet? He goes, that's a great idea. I don't know how to do it. And Baruch Hashem, God bless my brother, Ruben. He was, he's very technical. He was working in Touro College in the technical department. He said, Shimon, you have all these recordings. I've been watching you record for years now. Can I, can I, can I borrow them, please? <laughs> I'd like to do something with them. Uh -huh. And he li I kind of like, under the, under the covers a little bit, kind of like told him, like, uh, can I have that binder of DVDs that you have? Back then, there was DVD binders, right? So he gave it to me, and I kind of quickly put it on the computer, quickly put it on the site, and he was kind of like... What site were you putting it on then? Well, this, okay, this, is, um, this is a little bit uh, further now, but so I was in Turo College. Uh, 2005, I started. And right when I got there, what were you going for? In, in uh, no, I wasn't. I was. I was working, I was working there. there. Oh, you were working in there. the IT department, in the computer department. Okay. 
you know, Baruch Hashem, we were taking care of the 25 campuses or so in the, in the tri-state area. And uh, it was a great team over there. And I was actually asking a lot of questions. I had some tech background. Obviously, I worked there. But I was asking some questions about uh, putting content on the internet. Um, how do I embed it? How do I play a video from a site? And all these things. that had a great academic department that helped me out a lot. Uh, so then uh, initially, I'm like, okay, let's just, uh, let me just call it kolyakov.org. Because you know, we didn't really have it was a, a name. Our last name was like a play on words, Kolyakov. Kolyakov. We figured it was very fitting. Right. You know, so that's, that was our first website. It, it started off as kolyakov.org. Okay, it's our last name. Let's just put it up there. And then it kind of meant the voice of Yaakov, which made a lot of sense uh, also. So this was late 2005. You know, I'm, I'm creating the site. Super, super watered down, very primitive looking. It was nothing, nothing like a way it's supposed to be. But to start off, I guess it's just putting content on the internet. Nothing was streamable. Uh, you could just download it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and everything was done manually. There was no automated process. I was just running the whole thing. Again, and we, and this was late 2005. And uh, early 2006, um, it was kind of getting more in the completion mode. Uh, Shimon was still recording uh, lectures on his mini DV camera. Like five, eight, five to eight lectures a week, maybe at wow, the time. But, but that's quite a bit because that's like at least yeah, one a day. Yeah, started to pick up a little bit mm -hmm. of steam. So, so right. So then, uh, about February, during my birthday time, there was uh, a new two thousand seven, right? Two thousand six. A new hard drive uh, camcorder camera came out. It was the first actually of its kind, where no more tapes, no more discs. You know. It was, not, it was a hard drive on a like, 20 gig hard drive or something like that where you record and uh, it stores it in there. I'm like, oh, that's so great. It's so that's much perfect. more convenient because I don't want to make DVDs. I want to transfer it on the computer and it was very good. Otherwise, I had to put it you know, in, a, in a DVD and I would have to wait the real time. I have to wait a whole hour for a shear to be. So then uh, I put something online. Now, I remember seeing the other day, actually, the way it looked like. I'm like, I can't believe it looked like this. <laughs> And uh, we have like our evolution of, the, of like the six different looks of right. how Torrani time was over the past four years. Our parents years. also got that as a gift for him, that camera. Oh. Right. So they're like, they were like the source of the two first cameras of mm -hmm. Torrani time. Right. So late February, during my birthday time, I kind of hinted to my mom. Uh, she gave me the first hard drive ever camera, JVC, right? And um, I got it. And we, I launched officially or unofficially the site uh, early March of 2006. Now, nobody really knew about it. It was just it was still very, and again, I got the content from Shimon. I'm like, Shimon, can I have some of your stuff? I, need, I, need to, I have a nice site, but I need some content. Was it still called kolyakov.org? Yes, it was kolyakov.org. It switched to Torah Anytime on Rosh Hashanah of that year, when we'll explain afterwards how we got there to Torah Anytime. And you were just uploading random topics. It wasn't organized by speaker not or by a, topic, not nothing. A, I mean, it, 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 again, everything was done super manually. Mm -hmm. So you would have a speaker page, and under that speaker page, you would have lectures. There may have been more 15, 20 speakers at most right, at right. that point, maybe. Right. So and all it, these speeches were at Bet Gavriel, or were they elsewhere um, as well? In, in, for, in the Forest Hills yeah, area, Forest Hills. most of them in Bet Gavriel. Yeah. So Baruch Hashem, because <coughs> Shimon, I had some content now. You know, it's something to start off with. Right. You don't want to start with two lectures. Um, so Baruch Hashem, he gave me the content. I put it up. And uh, March came along. End of March came along. And I, you know, I'm like, uh, 50 hits? Wow, that's pretty cool. 50 hits to the website? Who's, who's accessing the website? I didn't expect much because... Really how did people even know about it? Eh, just some announcements. Word of mouth. I yeah, made an announcement over, over Shabbat. Oh, okay. And guys, if you missed 
last Wednesday's lecture. You could go online. Could go on to call you Thank you very few work. people. So 50 people and then word of mouth spread. And then in April, you had 250 people. Like, wow, that's a five times uh, growth. That's amazing. And then the next month, 500 people, you know, in May. And then 1,000 people. And, and we just, it just kept growing and growing. Now, I was using um, $10, $15 a month hosting, you know, because there's not really much there. So, um, and then the summer came along, and Shimon had a computer shop at the time, and all his... In Queens on Main Street. Is that what you were doing for a living? Uh, yeah, I had a computer repair shop. Computer repairs. And that's where, the back of that store, we made at the, the Tony Time headquarters mm -hmm. at the time. Like a little section in the back? The back of it, yeah. And, um, and then Baruch Hashem, uh, in the summertime, Shimon was more involved with uh, the activities of the website. He was, he was involved primarily with the recording of everything. And it's funny, actually, when I received the camera in late February, I had all of a sudden show up to a lecture with the camera to record. And then Shimo would show up five minutes later and says, hey, what are you doing here? This is my job, you know? <laughs> so uh, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. But uh, I just I was, thought it was funny because I got so excited. I'm like, okay, now it's my time to record, you know? So I guess he was the first recorder. I was the first volunteer, right, recorder. Um, and I remember he wanted to wait a little bit later. A couple of months later, there was um, a Sony uh, hard drive camera that came out. He wanted to get that one specifically because he was so mock-bit on quality and everything. And the one that I had was horrible quality, uh, but it was something at least, you know. But um, yeah, I, I remember standing up in Bed Gavriel and making a very special announcement. Saying, "My friends, I want to share some exciting news with you. We just recorded our 100th lecture. Now, Baruch Hashem, they are over 120,000 lectures. But I, I just vividly, very remember, remember that, and it was that was just incredible." Um, you know, but just to keep a long story short, yeah. uh, basically, uh, about a year later in 2007, 2008, Hashem sent us a very big gift. I, I went to Rabbi Olbaum in Queens. Uh, <laughs> to, yes, yes, to record <clears throat> with Shirim, and there was one of the one of the, the boys there that he was speaking to. Uh, I think he was like 20 years old, a teenager, or whatever, a young adult. He came up to me af afterwards and he says, "Who are you and what are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm recording you know, to spread this." Uh, he, his name is Yosef Davis. He, he became our, our, our he became he was so impressed with what the concept that he says, I want to work with you guys. He became our volunteer. And Baruch Hashem he turned into our executive director. He's still that oh, today. Sure. Right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yes, yes. It's the three of us, Baruch Hashem. Such an amazing passion. Um, you know? and, and over the years, uh, Hashem has sent us uh, Mayor Summers, who became our operational manager, Rachmim Segev. And, uh, and a few years ago, Chetsky um, Koftal from Michigan, I don't know if you know who he is, mm -hmm. but he's a lot of organizations. Mm -hmm. He saw what we were doing. We saw a little bit of what he was doing with some other uh, multimedia website things, and, and we, we joined forces as well. So it's also, Moshe yeah. Sofer came Moshe, in around 2007 as Moshe well. Moshe Sofer was very big in, in, in our growth. And it's in the really, without all these people, and without, you know, Seattle Dishmaya, like we, we get a lot of compliments. You saw we were walking around the office today and people were complimenting us. And it's like so not us. It's nothing to do with us. It's just the fact that we're involved gives hope for anyone to do anything. Because, you know, what's so special? We all have our job. We all have our, our, our thing. But, uh, but Baruch Hashem, now it, didn't, it just started off as a website. But Baruch Hashem, over the years, it became an app. And then it became a phone system. We're getting around 200,000 minutes a day, Baruch mm -hmm. Hashem, people dialing in. We don't want to promote the use of internet. Right. We don't want to promote the use of smartphones. And Baruch Hashem, it turned into a newsletter. 
We have an incredible writer, Ilan Perchik, who writes uh, stories from, from uh, Shiorim. Excerpts. Uh, right, and puts it on the, our newsletter called The Torah mm -hmm. Anytimes. Uh, and then it turned into, Baruch Hashem, a year and a half ago, one of our latest projects called The Daily Dose. We realized that we have to evolve with the times. And one of the things that is involving is people's um, um, attention span. <laughs> uh, so, so we said, you know what? Many people might not watch 45 minutes to an hour or half an hour share. Sure. But you know what? They could do two minutes maybe. So he says, what are we going to, what can we do for two minutes? So Baruch Hashem, we have so much content. We have the greatest speakers in the world on Torrington. We have all these relationships with them. So we go through Shirim. We pick out the most powerful, life-changing two, three minutes mm -hmm. that have a complete message, a complete takeaway. We add a very emotional music to it by our music director, Yisrael Ament. God bless him. Hashem sends us the most amazing people. We add a, this, the words in the end, which is the, the message of the thing. And Baruch Hashem, B'liyein Hara, over 30,000 people or close to 30,000 people are getting it every single day now on WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. But he says it doesn't have to stop there because we don't promote these technology things. What if someone doesn't have WhatsApp? Right. Baruch Hashem, in a few days, we're going to launch the, uh, on the email, the same, the same daily doses on our email. The daily mm -hmm. dose email broadcast. Yes. And um, to, to sign up uh, to, the, uh, to the daily dose, uh, you oh, just if, yeah, if, if you're watching this and you're curious, how do I sign up for the Daily Dose? Of course, thank you. Uh, you simply take out your smartphone. If you have one, please don't get a smartphone for this. And just simply save the number on your phone. It's 929-355-4268. Save it as Torah Anytime Daily Dose and message the words, add me. If you don't do all those things, it won't work. So just rewind this video and watch it again <laughs> if you want to. And for those who don't have WhatsApp, Baruch Hashem, um, very, very soon, probably with hopefully within a few days, probably when they're watching this, it's already released, God willing. Uh, for those who don't have WhatsApp or those who are just getting away from WhatsApp, because there's many people asking us, can we, can we get it through email? Because mm -hmm. the only reason I have WhatsApp is because of, of the daily dose and I want to get away and Baruch Hashem, now we have a solution for them. And you have those who have a group of 100 people sometimes who are getting mm -hmm. it and who don't have, so they send it through email. So uh, now we're coming out, Baruch Hashem, with a daily dose email broadcast. And to get on that broadcast, you just have to uh, email dailydoseemail at TorahAnytime.com, dailydoseemail at TorahAnytime.com, with your first name, last name, and email address. And God willing, we'll give you the, um, the, uh, the daily dose or email. It's pref the, the preferred method is through WhatsApp. Again, those who don't want to get WhatsApp or those who don't have WhatsApp, anybody, friends and family members that don't have WhatsApp, email is universal. It's worldwide. It's every, been having it for decades now. So just email, daily dose email at torrentytime.com because that the show will put you on. The daily doses are literally life-changing. And how do we know that? I mean, we're very biased, obviously, but we're making them, sure. but the feedback we're getting, mm -hmm. it doesn't end. They send us voice notes while they're crying, telling us how that's exactly what they needed to hear right now. They're going through something, and Hashem sent them the perfect message. Now, who goes through the shiurim and the lectures to find that soundbite or those two, three minutes of a powerful message? It's a great question. We're very, very uh, picky, um, uh, you know, in terms of what we use as a daily dose. Specifically, daily dose. So, right. do, you, do you actually sit and watch it, it, the lectures? It, 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 or, yeah, or like, it's a group it effort? To be majority of, uh, I do it. Shimon does about 95%. He does, he does yeah. some as well, but. We're, we're very meticulous. So I imagine it. it's very time consuming. I've learned how to listen to lectures at double speed. Right, right, you know? right. Um, and and you're obviously looking for something, right? Yes, and it's so hard to describe what a daily dose is. It's like one of those things that you're listening and this like the light bulb just comes just off. That's a daily you. dose. Right. You know, 
Sometimes I have questions, you know, and I can consult with him to decide which way to go with it. Because then we have things that don't make it as a daily dose, but are still amazing. We use them as something called Torah Anytime Clips. Mm -hmm. They're like, I don't want to say like leftovers because they're amazing also. But they but didn't fit the it, genre it of the, right, of the right. daily dose. It just dose. wasn't, it was just missing something right. to make it that daily dose. And we put those clips on Torah Anytime. Right. So that can yeah. be viewed. And Baruch Hashem, we're up to around 620 now. Baruch daily doses. Wow. Daily doses. 620 daily doses. So it's every day of the week other than Shabbos, obviously, Even right? Motor Shabbos. Oh, Motor Shabbos. Yeah, also. Motor Shabbos. Twice on Thursday. And twice on uh -huh. Thursday because we have something called the Erev Shabbat, right. double dose. Right. It's double the time, which usually means five to eight minutes, and double the impact. Usually those people look forward to all week. They can't wait for the double dose because it's Thank usually... Sure. And it's just uh, such a zuchut to be involved with all these amazing Talmudei Chachamim, these speakers. I can't believe I know these speakers. These are like people that literally save people's lives. They, they give people, what's the purpose we're all here? To grow, to get connected to Hashem, to have impact. And these are the, the rabbis, these speakers who do that. And for us to be part of that chain, Hashem, thank you. I'm, I'm taken by the irony <laughs> that your inspiration to the path of Yiddishkeit was triggered by speeches. And now you're the conduit bringing these very type of speeches to the masses. I mean, that's an amazing coming full circle. Not, not only are we the president, but we're also clients. <laughs> right? so. Now getting back to you, kolyakov.com or .org, or, or, yeah. .org, .org right. transitions into Torah Anytime. How did that happen and where did the name come from? This was about a month or two before Rush Hashanah Back in 2007. Right. 2006, 2006, right? And then uh, Shimon came fully on board on the, on the website aspect of it because he was on the recording aspect of it. So he transitioned a little bit more uh, on the website aspect of it. And, and, and Shimon, he's just site after site after site checking out. We, we realized that if we were growing mm -hmm. and it, this might become something bigger than we ever imagined. So it's, we, we thought we should maybe make a more universal name. Was there any other site at the time providing video shiura? Uh, that's actually one of the things that uh, I was looking for when I was making the site. I'm like, is there anybody else I can sort of copy? There was, uh, I think it was uh, 613.org back mm -hmm. in the day. Right. And they were the only video site that I could find. You had, you had other audio sites like Aish Audio and you right. had some other audio sites. But uh, there's nothing that I could majorly copy. You know, so that was... Uh, you felt like you were a pioneer. Doing uh, something that hadn't been done yet. My, when I was Makar of my brother, when I had the zikhut to be Makar of my brother, he, he was so hungry, he wanted more. You know, he had the, like, we have the neshama uh, mm -hmm. that we just were very interested. I think in general, like the, the Bukharian community, a lot of young people, a lot of the Kiro professionals sometimes focus on that community because they consider it like low-hanging fruit. Right, they have right. something in them that there's an interest. Right. Uh, still trying to figure out. Probably exactly a lot of what, tradition. Probably tradition, right. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but anyway, he, he just wanted more. I was teaching him as much as I could, mm -hmm. and he, you know, and he was already doing everything without a single day in any yeshiva. And he's like, I want more. So he was looking, and that's you know, that was another inspiration. Catalyst, right? <laughs> so as the site was growing, you were growing. That's really oh, what it was. I tell people a secret: we really made torrent time for ourselves. We just let the world use it. <laughs> you, you shared it with us. <laughs> we just well, we thank world. you for sharing it with us because you're changing our lives as well. So that's in, that's incredible. <laughs> so but again, the name. Oh, the name. Yes, oh, right, the name. Right. We were actually looking for all types of names, I don't remember all of them right now, but they were all taken. Uh -huh. This is taken, this is taken. So I think number, pick number 10 or 11, I forgot. I figured, how about Torah anytime, you know? So we put it in, 
I'm like, Ruben, it's available. Get it. <laughs> get it, get so it. You bought the domain name? Yeah, Torah awesome. Anytime. And then you just switched the name on the site? Yeah, I mean, both, both, both went to it. For a while. Both worked for a while. Because people knew called Yaakov, so we uh-huh. can't just, you know, uh, disconnect it. It's right now, actually, it's still forwards. Oh, still forwards to Torah Anytime. Oh, it does? That's pretty cool. Oh, see, that's good to know. That's pretty cool. Fun fact. And then what, 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 when was the next step where it really just exploded to where you brought in the number of speakers and the style of the site where it's very easy to find, you know, various So once, once Shimon came on as, as part of being part of like the website and just filling up content, it just went to a whole new level. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I guess I wasn't so much of, of a people person talking. I was more on the tech side, behind the scenes type right. of things. Once he came on, it just exploded with speakers and obviously the more speakers you have and the more announcements that are given and the more marketing you do, right, on the shoestring budget, obviously the more it's gonna be used. So I, w- I would say the first explosion uh, was when Shimon came fully on the website side of things and just blew it up. And obviously he got Yosef Davis as the volunteer and then Moshe Sofer, I wanna record this guy, I wanna record that guy. And so were you seeking out the speakers or were the speakers seeking what, what, you what, out? In the beginning when we were not so popular, uh, when I used to go to a speaker and they used to see us with a camera, I'm like, who are you? Why are you recording me? Were they were paranoid kind they of like, like Tori and time, like, Tori and who? Tori and what? Like, what are you talking about? Right. It wasn't so simple. Uh, they're like, do I know you? Do I trust you? Where are you gonna put this? Right. Uh, and it was a little bit of a convincing situation. Um, so we used to chase after speakers, and uh, not always uh, they agree because they didn't know who we were. But uh, over time, you know, we just keep going at it, and no matter what, because we were on a mission. We were, we were obsessed with spreading Torah. Uh, and I don't know any other way to say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and, and then the speakers would contact Shimon and say, you know, this person saw my share, that person called me, they said they saw my share, like, what's going on? Right. They had no idea what they were getting themselves right. into. Right, mm-hmm. right. We, but over, now, now, fast forward, you know, 14 years, from us chasing speakers to, and convincing them to be on target time, now it's become like a, a problem, like it's a, a problem. good problem. Like now have you have, let's break it down. Over 950 speakers trying to get on. No, trying to get on. You have 600 speakers? Over 1,000. Yeah, over 1,000. And regular speakers, now we're recording about five, 600 shurim a week. Now you eventually shut it, shut it down, right? Meaning you're not accepting Onboarding. new, am I right about that? Uh, officially, at this point, we're not taking on new speakers. We do okay. make exceptions. Okay. We found that one of the big challenges is that there's a very famous 80-20 rule of life. 80% of the viewers, of the people using, are watching 20% of the speakers. Got it. So we're not YouTube. We're not just everyone under the sun is going up, or every ra- corner, or every rabbi at every corner shul. We have. We want to make sure that if we're going to get someone on, it's going to be someone that's really going to create an impact. So, do you get flack for either diluting it too much by letting, so to speak, everyone on there at one time, um, and then within the same platform, you have Gedol Adar giving shiurim and very fine. Tyre Yidden, but we would call regular people. You ever get flack for that? Like you're kind of diluting it and it loses its, you lo- you're, you're, you're diluting the standard at all? We're getting on now about three, four new speakers a month maybe. Okay. There was a time it was much more. There's some people who are grandfathered in okay. from the time where we were sure. trying to get more speakers that maybe we necessarily wouldn't have taken them. I don't know, you know, but because we can't, you know, once you get someone on, we have a relationship with them. Sure. It's, uh, um, but uh, no, again, we're trying to be a little bit picky about it. We're trying to make sure that someone that has, like, I can, we consider ourselves like scouts. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. 
we want to we, we, we see like there's certain speakers that were really not so popular but Baruch Hashem we saw something in you them you kind of have an eye for talent you know yeah, yeah, yeah whatever it is it's just so we saw we said this person there's something here even though they're not known but I, I feel like this is something that the mass population could so I'm curious from. about that because I I've analyzed speakers public speaking what do you think makes someone good is it the content is it their demeanor? Is it their delivery? Is it the charisma? Sometimes you could have someone who's too overeager, and it's like, calm down. And sometimes someone is not energetic enough. So what do you it's think? It's really all of, all, all of the above. Okay. It, it has to be one of those like package deals. It's also someone that when they got on, get on board with us, they're part of the Tory Time family. Okay. Like they become like a representative of Tory Time. They become an ambassador of Tory Time. That they're going to go out and let people know their shirim, their Torah is on Torah anytime. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the Yitzhahara tries to come in with a trick. Oh, I can't promote myself, uh, it's Gaiva. No, that's a trick. It's, it's, you're promoting Hashem's Torah, we have to get it out there, you have to let people know about it. And when I say that to people, sometimes, oh, they snap out of it, you're right, you know? Do you ever offer critiques to the Magidishir and the speaker, you know, maybe look at the camera a little more, or oh, yeah, sure. get more into it, or be a little more under control, change oh. the type of language you use. We, we've like known that. over the years what works, mm-hmm. what gets hits, what's popular, what, what creates the most impact. That's really all it comes down to. What's creating the most impact? And uh, yeah, we, we give them some, and some people, uh, some speakers love it. I mean, obviously they want to create the most impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so we definitely do it. Um, also, the, the list of, uh, of criteria that you mentioned, like what, who do we choose, who do we okay with that? We don't want to chas v'shalom. Those who, let's say, are on the waiting list or that are, that are not yet on, you know, we... It's not really even a waiting list, necessarily. Right. So we're not, we're not saying that uh, they don't or they're not good. Chas v'shalom. Their Torah might be amazing. Right. It's mm-hmm. not the... Uh, there's another reason why we can't flood it so much is because we have to think about the end user, the person who's clicking on TorahAnyTime.com, and they're looking for a certain speech. If it's or, too much, it will defeat the it's purpose, It's very right? overwhelming. Right. Overwhelming. You know, for example, I know there's some sites out there that learn your habits, learn what type of speakers you like, what type of topics you like, how often you come back, the length of classes that you like to watch. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, those algorithm of, of learning what's, what's, what you like, so we don't have that currently, uh, which means everything is just thrown at you. And it could be a little overwhelming. You might look for a speaker and you have to scroll down a, you know, a few seconds or a few minutes before you get there. Uh, so God willing, you know, once we evolve, you know, this year and next year, etc., uh, we're going to make the smart a lot more, uh, the site a lot more smarter to be able to learn from your learning habits, mm-hmm. who you like to access. If you like A, B, and C, you might also like D. And you'll start making those suggestions. Exactly. Almost yeah. like on Amazon or something, when you buy something and right. start suggesting based on your prior purchases, something right. like that. Then right. it won't be so right. much as overwhelming. Even though everything, there could be a lot more lect- uh, speakers on the site, because again, everyone has something to say. Everyone has a different angle on things. You know, who are we to say no or yes, right? So obviously, when we say no or yes, we're not thinking about ourselves, we're thinking about the user. How's it going to impact them the most? Mm-hmm. So right now, if we just throw everything at the wall, like if we had the same mentality that we had in the beginning, we, we wouldn't have a thousand speakers on the site probably. Right. So that was. Uh, you know, we'd probably have a lot less. Now, as far as vetting the content, this is a question I always wanted to ask. You obviously can't watch every lecture or sheer beginning to end. Are you ever concerned because of that, that something controversial will seep in or something will get by you that maybe you wouldn't feel comfortable with? Is that a concern at all? Um, 
occasionally, sometimes things fall through the cracks. Uh, but generally speaking, when we, when we deal with organizations that we know and trust, whether it's the Guda, whether it's Art School, or or many other, or the Chazak organization, sure. or, or NAVA with Roy Wallerstein. Torah Masora. So, so many, Baruch Hashem, right. Project Inspire, or Aish, whatever it is. We, uh, we kind of trust their judgment. Of course, things could fall through the cracks, like I said, and sometimes we've had that, and we had to, Baruch Hashem, we have, a, you know, we have advisors that, that we, we go to, Rabbanim, uh, different things. Uh, they, because it's technology and internet, they don't necessarily want to be like mentioned like who they are because it's it's a it's a big uh, just the whole technology internet thing is a whole sure. thing. Um, but uh, but generally speaking, uh, that's that's what it is. But we have so many users, Baruch Hashem, that when something is when there's like a red flag, uh, we we get notified. Mm -hmm. We get notified to look into it because everyone is uh, watching and uh, sure. most people, people are paying have, attention. have the right hashkafa right. and they see that, you know, we do the best we can. But occasionally, sometimes we have to like uh, double check something mm -hmm. and make uh, proper adjustments. But overall, like we try to do the best we can in terms of to make sure it's like hashkafically everything is uh, appropriate, which is uh, right. a little bit of a challenge because you have all types of uh, situations. Right. So we try to find that lowest common denominator. Sure, sure. Uh, Which I wanted to ask you about. We were, we were, I'm sorry, you want to go no, on? No, I'm saying you, you asked before. Um, it was such a broad, broad uh, spectrum of speaker. Right. You have right. Gedolim and then you can have the average. So we used to have a, a slogan, you know, from the, from the baseball cap till the strimal. You know, we, we <laughs> everyone from the baseball everybody. cap to the strimal, everyone in between. Right. So it, it's everybody needs... It's not just learning Torah, it's learning Torah values. Mm -hmm. you know? So even if somebody who's uh, completely not affiliated, or somebody who's like Mamish learning you know, Daf Yoimi, and he has a Chavruta, and it's all day Koilel, and he's, he's driving from and to the Koilel, you know, and he has to listen to something. We have something, something for him too. Mm -hmm. you know? So we, we want to make sure that we, we can't really discount anybody depending on their sure. st status. You know, you're right, we do have Gedolim on the site, like Gedolim. And then we have somebody who's maybe who just who speaks some, in a local some, shul. Some balabayit, um, yeah. even that knows how to give shirim, right. who's knowledgeable. Now, we were talking before, I think you told me, an astonishing stat that you had in the last year, one million unique users. Correct? Is that the number? This upcoming this, year, this actually. Year. This year. We're about to break. You're uh, about to break. A million unique users. That means there are a million people that unique. At some point and that's during the year. Sometime during the year have logged onto right. your site. Right. Obviously, we're talking about a very broad range of Judea Judaism background, right. and that also even volume, uh, by the way, really, yeah. Who want to learn more about? As a matter of fact, over the years, there's been at least a few dozen of converts because of Shurim that they started to watch on Torah time, mm -hmm. which is not what we're looking for, but that's what happened, and that's amazing. Now, most of the Shurim and lectures are in English. Or majority. Majority. We have about 10, 10 12 languages. languages or so. Right. Are you, are, you th are you thinking of broadening the other languages? Sure. Let's say to reach out to more people in Israel and things of that sort? If we show you the list of what we want to do. Ideas. It's, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. Hashem just doesn't stop giving the ideas. And, when, and, and in reality, it's just the way good things usually happen. It works in slow motion. And it's like mm -hmm. so frustrating because we have, yes, we, that's one of the ideas we want to do to make a, a, a Hebrew or only... Hebrew only or site. Russian only thing, right. or Spanish is really taken off in our site. Portuguese. Yeah. Right. And I, I want to I want to bring up also you you spoke about technology before. I think it's important. Baruch Hashem, our community, the Torah community, has paid tremendous attention to awareness 
regarding technology and making sure that our online experience is consistent with our Ashkafas. Tremendous awareness, people are very careful, and somehow Torah Anytime is consistent with that. And I want to ask you, what have you done to allow that? Is it, does the site work with most of the filters that people use? And also talk about the fact that you started, which you alluded to before, a phone line where the entire site is fully accessible right. through a phone line for those who don't have access online or don't want to have access right. online. Speak about both of those. Sure. So in terms of the filtering, um, the tech side of it, uh, Baruch Shem, over the years, usually, I guess what an organization or a company has to do is to call up all the filters individually and say, right. can you please whitelist us? Sure. Uh, Baruch Shem, the users have done that for us already. They've gotten enough complaints, all the filter companies, that right. they already know us, like, the back, you know, uh, for years now. And whenever we call them, in cases like, a, you know, one uh, certain instance where there was a one-off situation, so the only reason that a filter would block us is if the user actually put our domain in the block, you know, in the blacklist, which nobody mm -hmm. does, obviously. But, uh, so the filters already know, even if we use certain uh, content delivery network companies that usually are blocked, um, the filter companies know that if it's coming from our site, not to block it. You know, you could have some sites that, the less known Torah sites that use the same, let's say, uh, video delivery um, company, onto their sites, it might get blocked. You know, mm -hmm. and they call us and say, how is your content not blocked? Because we're using the same exact thing. So Baruch Shem, we built a relationship with the different filter companies without even having to speak with them right. through our users. Um, and in terms of the... Um, phone system. The phone system, right. You wanna, you wanna a big, a big thank you to Moshe Sofer. He was mm -hmm. very instrumental in getting that, that phone system running. And we knew it, it's going to be used. How complicated was it? Because you had all the material mm -hmm. uploaded online, which, by the way... What does it cost? Because you're hosting all your material. Right. It's, right. it's a treasure trove of, you said, 120,000 lectures. And growing by 500 a week at least. The, at the, least. The, right. Just the cost of hosting it before we got to the phone right, line. Right, right. Well, it's not complicated. You asked how complicated yeah. is it? It's, it's more of the cost. We okay. pay for every call. Oh. We pay for every wow. moment someone is on it. And as, as you know, all of our content has, is free, always right. was free, and Brazat Hashem should always be free. Because we're very, we're not into anyone paying. If if one person less will not watch, then the whole thing is not worth it to, for for money. Because mm -hmm. this is not about money. This is about bringing people back before Mashiach gets here, which is so soon, hopefully, and and through this massive distribution. But there's a massive expense, um, because every time a shear is accessed on Torah anytime, or on the phone system, or on the app anywhere, it's we're paying for it. Mm -hmm. it's, so, it's like when we saw the, the art scroll behind the scenes. If anybody came to this place and saw what goes on behind the scenes, their mouth is closed. You know, there's nothing else to you're say. You're paying for every page. Right. You know, every piece of ink. Every so, dot on the top of an eye you're paying for. Right. So the same thing. I mean, there's Baruch Hashem, so much that goes on behind the scenes. So much. No, don't want to bore with details. But uh, it's the storage. It's the delivery. Right. It's, it's, it's the, the web hosting. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the developers. Mm -hmm. It's right. the storage fees that my brother mentioned. Constantly new features. And features that aren't out at all on any site. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to be innovators of features to make it so comfortable for the user. Again, we're trying to make it as, as convenient to learn Torah as, as um, you know, Torah anytime, play this lecture, please. No thoughts, no fingers, no, no nothing. Anywhere as you are. As complicated as possible. Anywhere you are. You right. Can. Right. right. Now, your staff, you have a staff. Yeah. Technical staff, 
taking care of all different details. You two are involved 24-6 in this. Even seven. Probably seven, seven also. We spread the word. We spread the word. <laughs> spread and you're probably thinking of ideas. Sure. Um, how, do you, how do you finance such, a, such an undertaking and support your families at the same time? I, I, I can't give an answer because there's no answer that makes sense how we're survived because it just really in reality doesn't make sense. Um, we're not like very good, for, we didn't even know that we we're gonna have to fundraise when we started this. Mm -hmm. We didn't know of everything that has happened. I, I think if we knew, I don't know if we would jump into it like this, but there's so much money uh, for technology because technology doesn't end. It doesn't, there's always constant, Bitbean is the company we work with in Lakewood, sure. you might know them. Sure, the Arnsteins. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. amazing people, Fantastic. they saw our project and they're, they're helping us nonstop and it's already been two years, two and a half years, and we're at the end of Bezat uh, Hashem of redoing the whole site and making it something Beautiful. that Bezat Hashem, you know, going to be ama amazing. Revolutionary. Revolutionary. And the mobile app as well. Big time. Uh, so we're working day and night with that. But the funding, it's a big zechut for someone to see our project and to mm -hmm. step over and say, I want to be your partner. I want, because everyone, every person who gives tzedakah wants to give to what's going to bring the biggest return. Sure. It's right. a smart businessman. You have right. to be smart with tzedakah as well. So anyone who hops what's going on over here, to be a part of this organization, our budget, by the way, is not extreme. It's, it's 1.5 million a year. And most of it is technology. I, I would have thought, if you would have asked, right. I would have thought it would more than that. Right. With, Other, a, with man, a million users a year. Yeah. You have shuls that are three, four, five million. God bless them. Right. But here you have an opportunity. You know, a few guys at 100,000 a year, whatever it is. Like, As we you, say, you're getting, you're getting a lot of bank for your buck. Non-stop. Right? Residual. Yeah, residual. You, you wake up in the morning, another few thousands of mitzvot in your bank account. So I want to mention Rabbi <laughs> Gladstein who's one of your top Magidishir, Absolutely. was here at Artsko for an interview several <laughs> weeks ago, and he credits both of you with kind of putting him on the map. He's a successful Rav and Magidishir beforehand, but the reach, he told me when he woke up in the morning and his shiur were online, and he would see just overnight 750 people watched the shiur. He, he was incredulous. He couldn't believe it. Right. And then as time has gone on, he's uploaded numerous shiurim every day. He started one, once a week, and now right. he has over, over a dozen a week. Unbelievable. Because he understands people are hungry, so he's people providing the content. He's, he's brilliant. Yeah, so right. if anyone's out there, you know, that Hashem has blessed them with the type of money, like, reach out to us. You right, know? right. It's just... Uh, For sure. It's a big, it's a tremendous thing. There's a lot it's, of Torah. To because Talmud Torah connected kulam. Learning Torah is equivalent to everything else. And it's lo'irov, lo'lechem, lo'itzom, lo'amayim, kim l'shmaya, People want to hear, people want to learn. There's, like you said, there's a huge thirst. Yes. I want to tell you also, in the, in, in, on the art scroll side of things, I don't know that art scroll has ever sold more books than now. Wow. So people who say that people aren't reading, aren't learning, people want to learn, people want to read, which leads me to my question to you about Corona. Oh, boy. The, the response to Corona to you must have been off the charts because people were home. They couldn't go anywhere. People were locked down. Some people are still locked down. What was the traffic on the site like during that period of time? Rabbi um, Yossi Ben Shushan, yeah. one of our good friends, amazing speaker, the Ben Shushan brothers, God bless them. He made a joke. And I was a little bit nervous of that joke after he made it. We had a live show. He said, I think Torrey Times started this whole Corona thing. They wanted to get all these users. <laughs> the, 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 the increase in traffic was something that we were not prepared for. Right. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was an amazing problem to have.
And, and did it all, cause you technical issues? Well, did you uh, have to do anything special did. to deal so, with it? So March, mid-March was the lockdown, <laughs> the thing, right? Uh, and in a three-month period, uh, before that, there was, I'd say about, there was about between eight to 10,000 people accessing the site a day, right. okay? Just on the website. Uh, from the moment of the lockdown, where are you gonna go now? You can't access any share. You can't, you can't go to any share, right? So everything is online now. So Baruch Hashem, we became a lot closer with a lot of our organizations who are now doing Shirem online. And Baruch Hashem, we were the platform that Hashem you know, put in place to be able to host everybody. So from eight to 10,000 a day, we were going 30, 40, even 50,000 a day. Yeah. yeah. So you could imagine that we weren't really prepared for that number. Baruch were growing over the years, but we never seen There that. were so many crashes behind the scenes, right. mm -hmm. and we were putting so many band-aids, and that's when we realized that we really have to push our new site out. We can't site, just right. you know, linger like this. Mm -hmm. We really got to finish it up, because look what happened here. And the Bitbean was working nonstop to try to fix all the technical issues. All the organizations came to us as the go-to place for right. virtual lectures now. So uh, I wanted to ask you about that as well, because at some point, Torah Anytime went from just doing video shooting to tons of live streaming, whether it's conventions, dinners, events. You started live streaming many events. What was that like? Because that's really a, a, a whole separate type of right. operation that's where you're doing lot in real time. You're, do, you're doing right. live shooting. There was the Hillam readings. Uh, there was... Right. Right. There was some events where we had 50,000 people at the same time. So do you have to have someone on site at the event? Do you have a point man that you send out, or is it a representative of the organization? So, How so, does that work so on the So for the past side? five, six years, live has become more popular, because that's just how the world is, you know, towards live. There's so many people watching. I want to be a part of it, right? Um, and obviously, from March, now everything was live. Now everything was, was just watching online. So uh, there are some places, obviously, the whole corona thing, you, we have to have our staff with masks go to the you know rabbi's it's, house sometimes. It's right. a big challenge also. At that time, everyone was so scared and nervous, especially like in March, April. Right. right. They, they would know. They wouldn't let anybody in their house. They were like, Tony time? Oh, okay, you can come in. <laughs> stay on the corner over there. Get the camera rolling. So, uh, Baruch Hashem, uh, the numbers have been huge. Had they been astronomical? Nothing that we could even imagine. Um, but in terms of, we had to increase training with people going out. We had to More increase equipment. our technology right. to be able to handle all this. To be The site, just the site alone, had to be able to handle that many people on at the same time. It, just, it doesn't mm -hmm. just work like that. When you're going from page to page, there's so many things happening by it. Somebody thinks, okay, I'm going from the home page to the speaker's page. There's like 30 different page, you know, links that they're actually going through to right. go to that one page. Right. There's a lot going on behind the Speaking scenes. of the equipment, when going back years, when someone was approved to be on the roster of speakers, did they provide their own equipment? Did you provide the equipment? Did they get the equipment? How did that process work? In the beginning, since we really wanted, we were convincing them to get on Tony right. Time, sure, we don't ask them, you know, we, we took care of everything. So you bought them the camera, yeah, and I, you taught them how to use it and record it? Well, we used to come ourselves to record. Oh, but they're, I'm talking about on a, at a later stage. Oh, later, obviously, it yeah. came to the point where they began to see the value. Right. So we tried to, they tried to find one of their students to, to be the volunteer, or mm -hmm. they some people record themselves. Some people that are really like uh, superstar speakers, we still like, we really like 
make sure we want to get their content, so we right. make it easier for them. We still like follow them around, like Rabbi Pesach sure. Krohn or right. you know, Rabbi Shapiro, you know, and, right. and some speakers. They, like might, they, they might have some people in, in their community who would sponsor a camera or a camera kit, which we would send to them. And then we would train somebody to record it properly because quality is everything. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have good quality, you know, especially audio quality, audio is, is more important than video. Right. Sure. Now, on your site, you provide video and audio, as everyone yes, knows. Yes, everything is And you've audio, always done that. Video. And everything in video, uh, we have uh, audio, audio version as well. as well. And you could download the audio. Also. Right, you right, could download, right, right. Now, speaking... By the way, um, just about yeah. the camera equipment, um, yeah. that's also, if someone you know, understands the power of tzedakah, they want to sponsor 10 camera kits. Mm. Each camera kit is about $1,500. We try to use the really good equipment, a good microphone. So that's something else someone could do. Could you imagine? One camera kit, $1,500, indefinitely, you get the, all the merits for that. Mm -hmm. It's just unbelievable. Somebody watches it 10 years from now, you still got it. <laughs> right, 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 in the middle right. of China, whatever. Now, one of the uh, kind of uh, unique identities of Torah Anytime is that every shear opens with one of my favorite people, Rabbi Pesach Kron. And you hear that very recognizable voice. Whose idea was that? When did that happen? And how did you choose Rabbi Kron? I mean, how did you choose? You chose, you chose the best. Right, right. But how did that come about? So initially, um, we have two versions of the website. The one that started in 2006, and we with the help of uh, Reb Henry uh, uh, Cheski Kavta, uh, in 2012 we came out with version 2. Bizat Hashem, with Hashem's help, we're going to come out with version 3 very, very oh, soon. Man. Very excited about that. So on the first version of it, we had no database, we had no nothing, we simply uploaded it, and b'chava, you have, your, you have your, your dinner, right? So and when version 2 came out, we're like, okay, let's make it a little bit more professional. So we had a database of users now. Oh, we have users that could sign up and they could have following. And, they can get. Um, and we're like, let's also have some sort of branding. You know, we had the watermark branding all the time, but we want to have some sort of an intro. Oh, intro branding. So what we did was we thought of an idea. Uh, let's get some top speakers to intro the, the Torah Anytime, uh, you know. Uh, and it happened to be Rabbi Kron was the first one we went to, and we never actually followed through with the other. Followed no, through. He's one of our biggest fans. Uh, listen, uh, you know he always gives us an honor, honorable mention in most of his shirim, and he loves what we do and how mo much more popular he became. He was always popular. Can't yeah, take that sure. away from him. Sure. But how much more popular he became. So he's really good friends with us, and it's just uh, yeah, it's great. But it kind of, you agree, it became it, it, part of your identity. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, People recognize the voice now. And, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. You hear that voice and it kind of puts you in, in the mode, right? You, they know you're about to experience something. You're about something. to experience something, <laughs> oh, something this, nice. This is for real. It's about right, to start. Right, right, right. Now, that's a great what, what's, what's the, um, I guess, what's the next step other than, I know you have tons of ideas, but other than the new site, what is the next thing that people could look forward to, uh, something tangible? Um, re really, with a new site, there's going to be a lot of new things where people can interact and, and, and leave um, their feelings. I was going to ask you about comments. comments and feedback. Mm -hmm. Of course, everything's going to get moderated. Right, right, right. Uh, and, uh, and not only that, we, we have, like I said, over 120,000 in growing Shirim. Mm -hmm. There's gold mines in, in there that people don't know about because it's, you can get lost in it. Right. So we, 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 are, we are creating a, a way that when people are looking for something specific, they'll go to a shear from eight years ago or from 12 mm. years ago. And those are even more holier, closer to Her Sinai. You know? <laughs> so people think, oh, well, the latest stuff. No, just the right. opposite. The old stuff is treasures. Right. So and we that, want to be able to utilize everything. That's another thing. And not only that, um, like, like uh, we said earlier, 
uh, like the clips and the daily doses, if you don't have a chance to see the full thing, or maybe you just don't know who the speaker is, everyone can watch a two-minute share or, right. or a two-minute clip. So they say, wow, this is an amazing speaker. I never heard of him before. So that's one way to... to it's kind of like bait to get like people bait. in the door. Right. right. Yeah, great you mentioned that. That's what the daily doses are. Mm -hmm. Because I tell new speakers that we get in, like the occasional speakers, I, that the ones that I feel like will, will have like something big to come out of it, I say, listen, I know that you're not so known right now, but I'm just warning you now. <laughs> you, you know, just will back up. I'm warning you now. You can start getting calls for all types of speaking situations, Shabbatons, give it some time. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how it's happened to so many people. What's the most inspiring story, if there is one, other than your own story, which is just extraordinary, is there any one or two stories that you've heard from users who have said, and I know I walked around the office with you where everyone's telling you, thank you, thank you, I listened to you on the way to work, on the way home, but is there, is there any story or two that you could think of where people's lives have been changed through your work? It's not only people's lives have been changed, uh, actually people's lives have been saved, you know, like mamish saved. Uh, we get, especially from the Daily Dose, because it's using WhatsApp, which is a communication app. Easy for people. It's very easy and also for it's, it's going into people's pockets, really. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and we hear and we see dozens and dozens and dozens of feedback, not just people writing great or amazing, they're writing paragraphs and paragraphs of feedback of how it's changing their lives and saving their friends' lives because they were about to do something and then they heard something and, it, and we, they said, what we, am I we doing? Just, we just well, got one that this is a person that really enjoyed watching shows, uh, Goyu shows, on Netflix, everything else like that. It was a big challenge for them. They knew they shouldn't be, but uh, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Long story short, they went into detail, but long story short, they don't do that anymore. And, they're, and, they're, and they watch Torah anytime, and Torah anytime has saved them. They, to they told us straight out. We know that Bittal Torah is one of the worst things a person could do, just uh, doing, wasting time. When someone could message us or let us know when we go to conventions or Shabbatons, when they tell us things like, I stopped listening to the news, I stopped watching TV or shows or internet or YouTube, I got rid of it because of Torah anytime, it's literally priceless. What's more important? That's, they got it. It helped me with my relationship with my spouse, with my kids. It helped me become happier because I'm going through, like, what's bigger than that? And, to, and, for, and for, us to be, for us to be a part of that, to be that mailman, the del mm -hmm. delivery, yeah. is just, uh, but you know what? Like, I, I, even though so much has been accomplished, we're not satisfied. There's so much more to do. Our motto is we're just getting started. When uh, you say there's yeah. so much more to do, do you mean as far as the content that you're providing or the number of people you're reaching? Both. Actually, even more than that. There's so much more to do in terms of distribution. Right. There's so much more to do in terms of uh, making it more convenient, making it more accessible. You know, we, we, we like to say some people might not be happy hearing it, but we want to make sure after 120, nobody has any excuses <laughs> on learning. We're going to be in their faces in every aspect, in the written word, in, the, in visually, audible. Just, we're, we're in front of them, with them, with them not even knowing about it. We want to make a, an, a car you know, easy access in the car, just talk mm -hmm. or just tap. Old age homes, even we get feedback from prisons, mm -hmm. of Jews are there, uh, or such other situations. We want to make devices. There's like a lot of ideas. I don't want to give everything away. We're working on our right. underground labs, you know, we're working <laughs> on things. 
but uh, there's a lot to do, and we ha and and you know what? Everyone, all the Jews in the world, they all have a part of something. We all we all have a different part of this the bigger picture. Some parts are big, like art scroll, and some parts could be smaller, but they're all important. Sure. You know, whether it's on a community level or a global level, we all have to do something or find that thing to make ourselves have purpose and meaning and, and, and joy and, and to, to connect to the people, connect to Hashem. We can't be selfish about it. There's really not much time left. Hashem, uh, Mashiach is so close. Also, very important, um, Hashem didn't just make Jewish people, Hashem made all people. And there's a such thing as Torah values, you know, the right way for anybody to live, anybody in this world. So Baruch Hashem, you know, not through us specifically going after it, right. but many uh, non-Jews are also finding the value of just improving a way of life. That's I mean, it's, 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 it, it's not just a, a, a Gemara or a Talmud or trying to, a, trying to people, it's just the way of life. It makes so much sense. You know, resting one day a week. Okay, I have to recharge for the following week. Or eating a certain type, or acting a certain way, or respecting certain type of people. Different midot. Right. You're saying a lot of the a lot of our values and ideals are universal. Sure. Right. So they, there's, there's a benefit to humanity, not just correct. to the to those right. who are zeichet to be Jewish. And that's part of us being a light onto the nations. Right. You know, right. if, if these these values to get spread out, and they do get spread out all over the place. Now you're able to track every speaker and and every lecture and share how many views and how many listens and things like that. Is okay. there one or two particular shiurim lectures that you saw was accessed numerous numerous times for whatever reason? Anything come to mind? Um, well, there are very popular topics mm -hmm. that people go to. Uh, you have dating and marriage, you have Mashiach, everyone loves to hear about Mashiach, right? Right. Everyone wants to hear about afterlife. You know, it's, it's those, uh, you know, uh, more, and depending on the speaker, you know, they would speak about these things. So um, there are uh, not, not specific speeches per se, but just uh, certain topics people love to, love to run to, I guess the universal topics. That, mm -hmm. again, not only Jewish people, that the whole world might find more value in. Not, not, not just that, also, um, a lot of the Kiruv lectures, I've gotten over the years, people who are from, from birth, mm -hmm. they told me that it helped them as well. Right. Because we're, we, we were raised, like I mentioned, not religious, so we're very passionate about it. Right. Uh, but I, we could see how in, in other situations where someone, that's the only way of life that they know, it might not be the same passion because sure. that's the way their right. life we is. take it for granted and they're... It becomes a little bit like someone once said, like robotic Judaism, right. and it's a, somewhat of a challenge now. We're, you know, I, I, people. You know, so uh, they say that a lot of this stuff, that the, the cure of stuff, it helps them also recharge and their connection, Absolutely. and there's more meaning in what they've been doing their whole life. Sure. Sure. And, and something that uh, really everybody should know: the Torah any time is really a hallway to them growing. Meaning, it's it's great all. Aspects of Judaism from the beginner to the super advanced we have something to provide But we ultimately want to get everyone to the level to keep growing and growing and steiging and, and learning more You know if somebody's learning half half an hour a day, you know, and they're safer, you know, and their art scroll safer So now <laughs> after hearing a Torah anytime shear They got inspired to learn another half an hour. Sure. So it's not only about learning on Torah anytime. I have people that are learning in Kolel now and they, they don't use Torah time at all. 
But they said that it was those years in the beginning when I really wasn't even firm that oh. from Tori and Tamagami started. And, and nothing makes us happier. When we get a, a letter from someone, a handwritten note of, I, I got rid of my internet uh, because of Shurim, I watched on Torah anytime. How ironic is that? We're, we're okay with that. Great, Baruch Hashem. That's the goal. We <laughs> want to keep people growing and growing. You can never stay straight. Life is a downward escalator. You have to constantly grow, keep going right. up. Well, we thank you for bringing meaning wow. to so many people's lives. Thank you for sharing your personal story. I'm inspired by it. I'm sure all our viewers will be as well. Continued Hatzlacha. Oh, we're man. looking for the next higher and higher levels of growth and greatness from Torah Rabbi Yitzhak, thank you for this opportunity. It's thank such you. a to, to meet you and to be here. And, yeah. and I feel even more connected to art school than ever before, even though I have so many Sfarim in my house. <laughs> thank you. Thank Thanks you to both of you. Thank you.